matter what location that you're in, please grab your Bible. If you've got pen and paper or your phone to take notes, um, now is the time to get all that out and get organised. And I'd love for you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. While away, I had this scripture sort of bending my ear the whole time. Um, so much so on the plane, these, some of these words kept just rotating over and over and I was thinking about this service, this day, this moment. And so I want to read to you this setup, which was Acts chapter 2 is really the starting point of who we are today. It's the birthing of the early church, which we now look, still look to as the model for what we um, do today in 2022. Remember this situation was they're all in the upper room and for those who travelled with to Israel with us a couple of years ago, um, which was an amazing moment, we got to be in that upper room and lead, Darlene led worship there and she was instructed by security to stop leading worship, um, which she did and the people took over and um, it was an amazing atmosphere and we're uh, planning again at the end of next quarter to um, next year to do that trip again, which we're very excited about. You're welcome to join us, by the way. Um, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes down, tongues of fire. They're speaking in other languages that, that um, in that region. The Holy Spirit was in the room. And Peter then steps up and addresses the crowd because Typically, the crowd thought the people that had been filled with the Holy Spirit were drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, that was not the case. And so this is now his um, exclamation to the crowd about this moment. In verse 16, he said, no, they're not drunk. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes the prophet Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I'll cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. That sounds like... Sunday morning service. Um, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the words that stuck in my head um, really come from the King James Version. Anyone like reading, actually reading the King James Version? Yes, occasionally some. Um, the way that that translation puts that one verse in verse 16 says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That he was saying, the writer there, the, Peter was saying that the moment they were in was, this, was the, it, the thing that Joel talked about hundreds of years earlier. That this day was what that was talked about. And I just want to remind you today that this 
This 2022, this moment that we're sitting in is that that they prophesied about where the Holy Spirit was poured out that we are living in these days. We are in boom times. Blessing, outpouring, opportunity, miracles. This is that. Don't ever take it for granted, church. Don't ever go, oh, well, I've got a nice seat. I've got air conditioning. I come to a church. Um, I hear great wor- a word. The worship really ministers to me. Wasn't it just a wonderful day today? Rather than actually saying, no, I'm living in that moment that Joel prophesied all those hundreds of years earlier. And here we are now thousands of years earlier where the Holy Spirit is being poured out again. You can read that prophecy that Joel wrote in Joel chapter 2, but you'll have to do that on your own time. We don't have time for that today. So that's homework for you. If this is that, we must ask ourselves the question, what are we declaring about the future that Joel was declaring about the future in the past? What are we saying about... um, our future? What are we saying about our church's future? What are we saying about our family's future? What words are you declaring so that in the future people will say, this is that? Or are we so comfortable? Are we still coming out of the COVID sleep that we go, oh yes, the sun rose today. And rather than saying, I'm in a moment, I'm in a season, I'm in a generation that others people laid down their lives for, prayed for, fought for, sacrificed for, and I'm in this moment. This is that what they fought for. So then the responsibility must come for all of us. No matter what age or stage or gender or country of origin that you're in, that you also must talk about and declare and speak words into the future so that the next generation will say, this is that that we prophesied about. See, Joel was in in an era, in a time when the experience of the Holy Spirit being poured on them was only given to the so-called spiritual elite. It was only given to judges, priests, kings, and the prophets. And Joel was saying back then that there would be a season, there would be a time when actually the Spirit would be given to all of God's people, regardless of their gender, regardless of their age, and regardless of their social position. Actually, What he was prophesying, he was also addressing Moses' wish. I mean, we don't think of Moses and you automatically think of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you don't think of Moses and think about, you think about the parting of the Red Sea. You think about hitting the, the rock with the stick and the water comes out. You think about manna from heaven. Those are the things that you uh, attune or associate Moses' life to. But Moses um, experienced the outpouring 
and his team of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you, Numbers chapter 11. Hopefully we've got this on the screen. It says here that, then the Lord said to Moses, Numbers 11, verse 23 to 29. Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. He gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. Two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the temple. Yet the spirit rested upon them. So they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Moses, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? Listen to the words. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Joel was prophesying what Moses wished. Peter was preaching Joel's prophecy. And here we are today. This is that. Peter expands the promise and the prophecy to include the people from all around the world. This outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I should say, is always confirmed by signs and wonders. We believe in this church, one of the signs of the Holy Spirit being upon you is the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. Hope you see, I want to remind everyone here today, we are a Pentecostal church. The prophets mention blood, fire and smoke and the darkening of the sun and the moon. These are also indicators of God's returning, that he will return one day for us. It may seem and feel like a way off, but the Bible always says it's coming soon, that we should plan as if in next day and we should also plan as if in 500 years, all at the same time. Who knows God's timing and his economy? So let's keep reminding ourselves that earth is not our home, that we are designed and destined for fellowship in heaven with him. The prophet goes on and says, everyone who calls on God's name will be saved. Calling on God's name should not be as it implies or the way that we've interpreted that scripture, a final act of desperation. Rather, it's a lifelong commitment and journey to worship, service and fellowship with God. 
with him and also with the people in his kingdom. I don't know whether you can sense it, but Darlene and I can definitely sense the spiritual temperature in our nation is rising. One of those signs for me is I can feel persecution rising. Which means that there's something happening that we should not just live in some benign state but understand there's spiritual forces at work. All the more reason why we should embrace the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives, not live in fear of those forces because quite the opposite, you can actually speak to them and command them and move them and not be intimidated by them. But you might be sitting here today going, I haven't experienced my boom yet. You spoke it out loud. You prophesied it. You declared it. I've given you testimonies for our church. But maybe you personally, no matter where you're sitting today, you might be going, I I haven't experienced my boom. Well, Moses said is, God said to Moses, is my arm long enough to reach you? Well, yes, it is. But would you dare take a step of faith towards the boom for you? If whatever that desire is, whatever the thing is that you're thinking about right now in this moment, it hasn't happened yet. Would you just automatically sit back in a passive way or would you dare to take a faith step towards boom? God's arm is powerful enough and long enough to reach your desires. But you've got to take a step too, I believe. The Holy Spirit is surrounding you. He is surrounding us. Actually, the Bible talks about Him chasing you. But in that chasing, why don't you just, for a second, think about this this week. Why don't you pause, reflect, sealer. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you rather than letting those internal voices, that anxiety lift up in you, which in some ways will repel the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. To say, God, what are you trying to say to me? I mean, sometimes we're so busy talking to him that we've never positioned ourselves to say, God, talk to me. In this same chapter, chapter 2, in the book of Acts, Peter the Apostle also quotes not only Joel, the prophet, but he quotes King David. And this, for me, will, I believe, speak directly to the people that are watching or here in the building to say, I haven't had my boom yet. And this is what King David said. He says, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praise. Listen to it. My body rests in hope. 
What a powerful posture and position King David was talking about that Peter was declaring on this important day. Um, Peter goes on and he says, For you, you, you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself for he died and was buried and his tomb is still here amongst us. Listen, but he was a prophet. Peter is calling King David a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honour in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. This is that. Never take this for granted. Live in a posture, in a way, where the Holy Spirit is precious to you. No boom yet. King David said, rest in hope. God's promise is that he'll pour out his spirit on his people. In the rest of that chapter, chapter two in the book of Acts, um, the writers go on to talk about the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and what they did because of that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says that the believers formed a community just like here we are today. And looking back at that community of faith, when we study the book of Acts and chapter two in particular, fundamentally three things were going on. One was that that group of believers was charismatic, that there was signs and wonders going on between them. So again, the fruit of the Holy Spirit should be evident amongst us. We should desire that, look for that, believe for that, speak to that. The other thing that was going on in that group, it says that they were sacramental, that they, that they actually practised things together, that they gathered together, that they worshipped together, that they shared um, with generosity together, that they came around the Lord's table together and that they prayed together often. That there was a sacramental practice about that. So they were charismatic, they were sacramental and that they were evangelical. It says that the God added to the church every day. There was an idea that the the doors were wide open, that anybody could come in, that there wasn't just a select group or a, a, a cuddle fest every, every week where, where they were sort of just patting each other on the back and, and, and speaking lovely words to each other. 
that there was this idea that there probably would have been discomfort at the idea that people were being added because you could imagine for some people in the room they'd be going, they are coming to church? Who let them in? Didn't they know? There was always room for more. They were charismatic, they were sacramental and they were evangelical. Closing, then I'm going to hand over to Darlene. I just want to finish where we started. This is that. In Acts 2 verse 17, it says, In the last days, and we are in those last days, by the way, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. My encouragement to you, don't dodge the poor. Think about it. All of the scriptures, Moses, Joel, Peter, all point to this day. And you might say, I'm not ready for the poor. You don't need to be ready. Because the Holy Spirit will be the one who does the work. The Holy Spirit will be the one who does the empowering It's not in your strength, by your striving, by your might. It's by his power. All you have to do is be a vessel that can and allow an overflow to happen. God bless you, church. So good. I'll just continue on in that theme because our heart this morning is is like a reminder of what God has said and is doing. And I want to remind you this morning of another prophet that declared a scripture that's very important to our church from Isaiah 61. And Isaiah, what did he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Everyone say because. Because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. He He's anointed all of you. He's anointed us to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom. I love this. Announce freedom to every captive, pardon all prisoners. If you go to the end of this scripture, in um, verse 10, I want to read this to you. It says, um, I will sing for joy in God and I will explode in praise from deep in my soul. I'm reading from the message translation. He dressed me in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me in a robe of righteousness and as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo and a bride, a jeweled tiara. It says, as the earth bursts forth with spring flowers and as a garden cascades into blossoms, so the master, God, brings righteousness into full bloom and puts praise on display before the nations. And you know, we often talk about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news. And we talk about repair and restoration and all of that is part of our calling. And this is the the chapter, you know, that sits like a canopy over us as Hope You See. And this scripture, we've got it in each of our foyers because God has anointed us. And, and, and you sense this sending. 
It's a, it's a um, prophetic declaration of the send, the rebuilding. God is all about rebuilding our lives and then cities, nations, families, rebuilding. And it, this, this overarching purpose actually is the thing. It unifies us. It unifies everything central to us. And as Mark said, it is central to Acts chapter 2, that I'll pour out my spirit. It's this promise. And then Jesus gives it um, a what is the word I'm looking for? No, it's a promise and it, he, Jesus gives it purpose in our everyday life. You know, the, the word anoint, he has anointed me, means this, to rub or to sprinkle, to smear with ability, to apply anointment or an oily liquid. And as Mark said, you know, people in the Old Testament, they were literally covered like a bucket of oil, Consider yourself anointed and it would affect every single part of who you are. But here we are now as Christians under the new covenant. Can anyone say amen to that? I say amen to that every day. And, and 1 John 2.20 tells us that we have an anointing from the Holy One. And we live under the power of this anointing and it's being filled with and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's this common unifier for every Christian. But there's something, you know, we, we, we know that and we understand that. But I just wanted to remind us as a family today that yes, God has given us release, redemption, favour, freedom, healing, restoration. That's what Jesus declares. And then he, he does this great exchange, beauty for ashes, right? The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I wanna sit there for a moment because when our God says that He will announce righteousness, this is the end of Isaiah 61, Righteousness, a right standing with God. Justice. I'm looking at a room of justice fighters here. Because when you are in right standing with God, you have that same passion that He does. When you see something unjust, you want to walk in and fix it. Anyone with me? Okay, five people. Anyone else with me? That's part of our job on the earth. Right? It's part of our job. And then he says, righteousness, justice, and praise. Praise. It's time, family. It's time to lift up the praise, to proclaim, to announce, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. It's like this, to declare Jubilee, to declare the freedom and the redemption and the release and the, the power of the favour of God and the healing power of God, the miraculous. It's time to up the ante and announce it in Jesus' Name. Praise springing up from the earth. Not just Australia, can I say. We are the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. But I gotta tell you, sometimes we are so chill. You know, hey, we're Aussies that even in our praise, we're like, yeah, she'll be right, mate. Whoop, whoop. And it's like, no, 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 no. Praise was given as a weapon in our hand and we have to learn how to apply it to our life. And we will always 
be a church that declares freedom at, through the praises of God. Um, you know, I said to the, the first service that, you know, the, the praise of God is not a moment in our church that lets you know that service is starting. That's not what it's about. I mean, when you hear anything, you should be running in here, baby, because you don't want to miss the high praises of God and, and feeling that power of the Holy Spirit putting a sword in your hand. Yeah. And, and the darker that the earth gets. You know, in Isaiah 60, it, it talks about the light is going to shine brighter because it always does in the darkness. But the praise has to go higher as the light shines brighter because we get to declare and set the tone of the atmosphere in our world and not just our homes, but our world. And it's time for the church to rise up and take it back. The, the world is full of bad news, just rubbish. And Mark said in the first service, you know, half the time, you know, it's made up, right? You know, it's made up. You know, it's people that are like, they're guessing, Mark said. And it's like the beautiful, you know, trying to fill 800 words. So I'll just add a little bit here and a little bit there. And suddenly there's our fear. Wow. Wow. And, and what praise does, it kind of gives you the ability to like literally step over the fear. And it helps grab your soul from the floor and lift your eyes onto Christ. Onto Christ, the finished work of Christ. Family, we have got to understand the significance of the day that we are living in. You know, I think post-COVID, we've got to remember, it, we've got to take our place. We are to be, as Mark has said, the felt expression of Christ. We are the felt expression of Christ in, the, in a broken and hurting world. And it's, that's that part of that justice, righteousness, justice, and praise, which declares an atmosphere. Right? It's not just about singing up songs. It's about declaring an atmosphere and filling the atmosphere with the name of Jesus, which is the name above every other name. I don't care what's coming at you, the name of Jesus is greater than any other name. The Bible tells us that He, the fullness of God, the raw, dynamic power of the Holy Spirit inhabits our praise. Why? Would we be quiet and, and let it make us feel uncomfortable because I like the slow songs? It's like you, we just miss the whole point of praise when we think like that. It's like I'll come in when it's a bit more appealing to my ears. It's like, no, 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 no. Come on, get in the Word. Let the Word through song and music lift you to the courts of God. The courts of God. Think about it. This is that. This is that. We're right in it. Righteousness, justice and praise. The Bible says bring your sacrifice of praise. That means it's not always going to be easy. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring it when it isn't easy. And that is called faith. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Come on, it's called faith. 
The word says praise awaits our God and that if we don't bring the fullness of our praise to our God, that the rocks will actually gather and form a bit of a choir and praise Him in our place. I'm like, are you going to allow yourself to be undone, undone, whatever, by a rock? Like, no, no. The psalmist cries out, let me live that I may praise, that I may praise So Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to do all these things as the felt expression of Christ on the earth. But never forget that we can only do these things empowered by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we get into works. We get into being tired. I'm worn out by the church. It's like, no, you're not. You just haven't dug your deep well in God. Dig your deep well in God and let the praise fill you up and remind you again who our God is. Can everyone say amen to that? So I'm nearly done. (laughs) When the prophet Isaiah declared that, he was literally declaring what is happening today. Just like Marcus said, this is that. But 700 years later, after Isaiah prophetically declared this. We find in Luke chapter four, our beloved Jesus is reading from the very scrolls where it had been previously written and where this prophecy actually becomes flesh and blood. Announcing, Jesus announcing his purpose and declaring our future. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says in Luke four, he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, right, not to sit in church. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight. There's your miracles to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, the word says, and he began by saying to them, and I want you to hear this today, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He sat down and what he was saying, the wait is over. I'm the one you've been waiting for. This is now, this is that. Let's go. Let's go. You are anointed. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because, and Jesus from a position of being seated, declared it's time. And here we are today. Let us remind you today, the importance and the value of the days that we are living in. Let us remind you today of the importance and the value of your life in the greater story, not our lives, your life in the greatest story of God's kingdom advancement across the earth. Let us remind you today that the Holy Spirit is a person, not an atmosphere. We declare into the atmosphere, but the Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. He's part of a triune God and the Holy Spirit is ever working and speaking on our behalf. The Holy Spirit will always come in power. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of sin. That's not our job, family. 
to point our finger and convict people of sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's the ho- you went quiet then. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power to walk in the fruits of the Spirit in our own lives, in our unseen lives. Not who you are in public, who you are in private. Let me just finish with this scripture, if the team can come, from Romans 5.5. 5, and it's so powerful and so simple. It says, and hope, your mark said, rest in hope. Hope does not put us to shame. Did you hear that? The things you're believing God for, that you're hoping, confident expectation, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We need the Holy Spirit and here's the good news. We have the Holy Spirit in us and on us. You know, the Holy Spirit also came to enable us to know Jesus Christ through new birth, a new start. You know, and as you can see in all these scriptures this morning, as we've been talking, God loves to restore. It's, it's part of His craftsmanship. He's, he's a designer. He doesn't like seeing things broken. Part of His DNA is restoration. He is the only one who can restore our hearts. He is the only one who can forgive us of our sin. He is the only one who can rebuild our lives. He's the only one who gives us a future and a hope. He's the only one who gives us assurance of eternity with Him, takes the sting out of death. It's the, he is the only one who can heal your broken down body for once and for all. He is the only one. And it starts with a simple decision to say, yep, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to follow Jesus. This morning at every campus, wherever you are at, whether you've walked away from God, maybe you've gone a bit cold in your heart and you're here today and maybe you've got a lot of questions, but I'm here to tell you today that Jesus loves you and He he just wants to come in and restore, restore, renew forgive you of your sin, bring freedom. And it's like from that second, you start to understand what alignment with God's Word and His purpose on your life feels like. It's nothing like being in step with the Spirit of God. Maybe today you're here for the first time. Maybe you've never, ever said yes to Jesus. I wanna lead you in a prayer that simply says, God, forgive me of my sin. I can't do life on my own anymore. Today, I choose you. Everyone bow your head, please, wherever you're at. Every campus, bow your head, please. Christians, I ask right now that you pray. This is not the time you switch off. It's the time you activate and you pray. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over your friends. This morning, if you want me to lead you in a prayer, just wherever you're at, I want you to slip up your hands so campus pastors can see you. In Charmy, I want to be able to see you. I want you to raise your hand this morning up in the mezzanine because I want to know who I'm praying with in Jesus' Name. 
Amen. I see you beautiful. More importantly, God does. Who else is there this morning? Up in the mezzanine, I see you, darling. I see you. I just sense God's hand on your life this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's people responding to the love of Jesus. Every campus, come on. Who is there this morning? Lift up your hand and say, yes, I need Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All those people are responding. I just want you to pray this prayer after me today. Dearest Lord Jesus. Come on, let's say it as a family. Dearest Lord Jesus, today I say yes to you. I turn from living life my own way. And with all that I am, I say yes to following you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for giving me a brand new start. I'm a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's applaud people.